to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. Welcome back to another, another, another episode of the Culture State Podcast. I'm Chris Lee. I'm Dennis Cox. Another one. Um, This is a a special one because, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to like mark things off the list. Um, We've had, you know, North Carolina. We've had Duke. We've had NC State. uh, We've had Carolina Hurricanes. We've had these different uh, teams that have been, you know, Wake Forest. They've been all represented on the show. Mm-hmm. And now this will be our first Carolina Panthers representation. That's right. Uh, and it's the voice of the Carolina Panthers who has one more year left before he walks away into retirement. That is Mick Mixon. You know, Chris, when I first started at 99.9 The Fan, one of the first jobs or first responsibilities I had was on Sundays during football season was running the board for Carolina Panthers broadcasts. So mm-hmm. when I got to this market, and started following Panthers football and watching Panthers games. Actually, the voice I heard calling these games was Mick Mixon. <laughs> That's who I yeah. got to hear. And every Sunday, it was in the studio, running the board, always listening to Mick. And it was honestly some of the most fun I've ever had working in radio, even though I wasn't on air. It's still some of the most fun and most memories I've had. One thing that I love about his style and, you know, there isn't he's not the type of person that has a lot of flash. He doesn't have necessarily a saying or a go to or whatever. It's just the fact that here's somebody that sounds like you could just sit down, have a beer with him and talk sports and really relate to to that person. And I think that is McMixon's superpower. And when you hear him in commercials, uh, when it's talking about Panthers games coming up or when you hear him actually on the call, um, it just it gets you excited. It, it really sounds like he has. If you think about the Carolina Panthers and you think about if the Carolina Panthers had a voice, that voice is Mick Mixon. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be kind of jarring for the next person to come in and put their voice and their stamp on it. Uh, and we'll be rooting for that person. But also, we just have to just love what we've had for the last few years uh, with Mick Mixon. One thing I appreciate about Mick is that you kind of hit it was he is 100% himself on the broadcast. He doesn't hide anything. He doesn't try and sugarcoat anything. He's 100% himself. He lets his personality flow. And I think that's something that people appreciate, kind of like we talked about with Trip Tracy, is that when broadcasters are authentic, people are going to relate and people are going to appreciate them a lot more. And as someone who does some play-by-play myself – whenever I can, whenever people allow me to, it's, I try and emulate that, obviously let my own personality flow. And it's, it's a, it's a hard skill to be able to show your personality, but make it, but not to make it about you, but to still be about the game, still be about the team and the players that you're calling, but still have your inflection of your personality with it and make sure the story of the game is being told. It's a hard thing to do. That's why he's one of 32 people that has a job. One of the things, too, is um, when you connect to an audience and it's it's Mm kind of tough in these days uh, to really connect to an audience because we're so distracted. I mean, you know, who watches television just watching television anymore? You either have a phone in your hand or an iPod or I'm sorry, iPad, excuse me, or or both. Some people have, you know, a laptop as well. I mean, last night um, as we're recording this at work, I'm monitoring three different games uh, on TV 
and another game on a laptop um, because I had to do it for my job. And I was thinking, you know, this is this is what we do on a normal basis, even if I wasn't um, covering a game. You know, it may not have been three TVs, but I would have at least been watching two of these games, you know, some form or fashion, one on television, one on an iPad. And but to still be able to cut through the noise and to be able to connect to the audience these this day and time is something very special. That is something that uh, that Mick Mixon has. And that's one of the things that I try. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to still make sure that I can cut through and connect with audiences um, as I'm doing my thing on television, as I'm doing my thing here with you, um, because, you know, we're not going to be on by accident. You have to purposely turn us on and we have to entertain you while you're listening to us. And, um, so when you talk about people that I try to emulate or try to learn from, uh, and uh, and I'm sure same goes for you because you just, you just said that, um, Mick Mixon is somebody who you absolutely have to study. Um, and it, it does feel like with the news of Roy Williams retiring, uh, you have uh, Coach K retiring, uh, and then even in, in television, you know, you have uh, Jeff Gravely that, that walked away uh, from WRL, mm-hmm. Mark Armstrong that left ABC 11. Yeah. Um, a lot of the old guard um, in our state, uh, a lot of the legends in their respective areas when it comes to the uh, sports scene in North Carolina starting to walk away. That means more opportunity for people like me and you, yeah. but it also means that, you know, a lot of the comfort that we've had listening and connecting to these people have, are also kind of walking away with them. And um, that is something that's, you know, that's they're, they're all going to be missed. Mick Mixon is definitely going to be missed for sure. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And one thing as well as out working in live broadcast, I mean, obviously this platform that we have, we can, edit something out like ah you know what that two minutes kind of stunk and just cut it done (laughs) you know so people only get the best but yeah but doing it live uh it's 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 not a it's not an easy thing to do and the way i now view are starting to view and a lot of broadcasters are starting to view live play-by-play it's not just calling the play it's leaning more towards the entertainment aspect of the game especially when it comes to television but radio there's a balance of it because people can't see it but things are really starting to lean towards like all right you don't have to give me x's and o's breakdowns all the time you got to be entertaining too i'm not gonna lie i I'll listen to a radio play-by-play of a football game and they're talking about like oh yeah this receiver just ran a seven route you know like a you know whatever and I'm like, I know what you're talking about, but I don't want to listen to it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so that's the that's the balance of still telling and explaining the game, but also being being fun with it too. It's 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 evolving, it's evolving daily, and it's what people want. People want entertainment. And I, I will say this too. Um, you know, I, I think and I would definitely prefer to watch a game over listening uh to to a game, but if you had to say like, okay, which game would you prefer to listen to? If you had to only listen to it, it would be a Panthers game for mm-hmm. me because of, of Mick Mixon. Yeah. And, you know, it just, you never, you always feel like you're never getting cheated out of what actually happened. And I mean, that's a gift. He, he'll, he'll try to downplay it, but that is definitely a gift. 
And there have been times where I haven't had a chance to watch a game. I, I can only listen uh, because of whatever reason. And I go back and I watch those plays that he was talking about, and it looks exactly the way I imagined it because of how he described it and how he was talking to me at that moment. Well, Chris, let's not wait any further. Let's get to the legend himself. Let's Mick go. Mixon, right after this. Welcome back to the Culture State Podcast. Um, this guest that we have on is the voice of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you've, If you've been a fan of the team, you've probably grown up the last few years listening to him, hearing him, and uh, this upcoming season will be his very last. So we wanted to not only get McMixon on the podcast because he is a great representation of North Carolina, but also because uh, we want to give him his flowers and, and let him know how much he means uh, to the many of us who uh, listen to him for such a long time. And, and Mick, I thought it was interesting that your announcement came out the same day that Coach K had his um, had his uh, press conference to announce his retirement. And I felt like that was done on purpose. So you would just like slide under the radar and we wouldn't have to talk about you. But we have to talk about you. We have to make this a big deal. Well, Chris, your words are making me feel so good, but you're losing any journalistic credibility <laughs> that you and Dennis might have accumulated on this show. I have not. But um, now my preference would have been to just fade on out and, and do this season kind of anonymously like I like on the radio and have just people listen to the games and, 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 and then uh, search for the new person could begin. But my employer wanted to get it above ground, and, and that way when the – people are interviewed whenever that happens then it's not uh, it's not viewed as corrosive to uh to to me in any way or that you know, people might say hey mick i you know how can i get where do i send the tape to get your job so i understand <laughs> all that and then celebrate it but i was shocked at how nice the piece was that darren gant wrote on panthers.com and i'm made extremely uncomfortable by any kind of fanfare or attention so um um, I would appreciate just being able to talk about Coach K's retirement on this show, but um, <laughs> now what? That see now that's a story. If you want to find a story, Coach K retiring, Roy Williams retiring, but nowhere that I'm aware of is there Coach uh, Mick Mixon Court or the Mick Dome. <laughs> well, well, I, I do want to ask though, like Mick Mixon press box. No, maybe uh, <laughs> I don't know. I like Diet Coke, so maybe it's, uh, the Mick Memorial Diet Coke machine will be up here somewhere <laughs> one year. But it's an honor to be on your show. I just came from practice. I was out there for a hot minute, and man, what a great looking collection of athletes! The Carolina Panthers are going to be a pure tea handful in this world this year. I promise you that. And then following this season, the best is definitely yet to be. I do want to ask you, Mick, uh, why is why is it time for you to to walk away and just uh, just kind of go back and, and just kind of enjoy life on, on your uh, at your farmhouse? Well, I'm an old man. I know I may look like on your show here. I may look like a robust alpha male uh, in tip top <laughs> physical condition, but I'll be <laughs> I'll be 63 in October. Uh, I, um, and I love this job. I'm not trying to get away from anything at all. I've, I've adored it every second of the way. And I, I'm looking forward to trying to re record. I'm going to put my brain in the record mode all season and every practice, every road trip, every game, every Panthers huddle show, all that. I'm going to try to just extract the maximum amount of joy from it. But I love music too. And you and Dennis probably don't know, but I'm the original drummer and I founded a band called Breakwind Fire. 
And then I started a band called Franklin Street, and then another band here in Charlotte called Mick and the Ultras. And the first law of cover band physics is you do not overplay. You want to leave them wanting more, if possible. You'd much rather have a group of, of, of tuned up, slightly possibly intoxicated people hollering at you one more song one more song then you would have the manager come over and point at his watch and tell you that y'all should have stopped playing 20 minutes ago that's right (laughs) yeah give you the (laughs) now mick we often hear about how in the NFL there are only 32 head coaching jobs, only 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. But when it comes to NFL and broadcasting, there are only 32 people that are the play-by-play voice for their respective teams. Is there a pressure that comes with holding that position? A pressure? I don't know. I've never looked at it in that way, Dennis. I, I do. Um, I, I do feel like when my colleagues and I sign, not only when we sign this radio network on the air, but when we get off the airplane, when we check into the hotel, when we are in our daily lives, that a certain level of decorum, respect, uh, politeness, availability, professionalism should come with the gig because it's an honor to do it. It's uh, my broadcast colleagues that keep a record of how many games they've done as if they somehow had something to do with the victories, the wins, the losses. My broadcast colleagues that, um, have the idea that they hope the game doesn't go into, you know, they hope the preseason game doesn't go into overtime because it'll be an affront to their uh, Marconi-esque broadcasting ability. That's asinine to me. There's a hundred people. In fact, I'm looking at two right now who could do this job. You would do it differently than me, but you could do it just as well. So it's, it's, I've just been lucky that I've been able to have good jobs. So the pressure that I feel comes only in it has nothing to do with me you know gosh don't mess up don't say the name wrong you know we all try to prepare but it comes from wanting to represent the organization that placed their faith and trust in me it comes in not wanting to let my employer down you you start talking about it a little bit but this year's uh carolina panthers team it, it does it is very exciting on paper um you know with the names that were drafted with the names that were signed as free agents you get a chance to have an up close view of them. What is your uh, initial thoughts of how they look uh, as as in as uh, compared to last year at this time? Well, actually, you didn't have to. You didn't get a chance to watch them last year at this time. So two years ago at this time, <laughs> what was what was that like watching a team at this point in the season as they're getting prepared uh, before training camp begins? Just to have football players around you, and as I say, I was only at practice for a minute. Uh, before I came up to try to find a quiet place to talk to you guys, but just to see how lean and live and 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 vascular. Although I am Bob McCaffrey, he looks good in Coke for a long time, but hopefully he did good. No, I'm just kidding about that. He's just totally eked up. It's unbelievable. But um, to just to see J.C. Horn in shorts and shoulder pads. I mean, this guy is a man. Uh, this defense is already faster. It's already more aggressive. It's already more versatile than at its best moments of a year ago. Phil Snow can't wait to get his hands on this personnel grouping. Uh, 
uh, offensively, Sam Darnold. I watched him throw one pass. I walked by him, zip, ball. I, I heard the ball come out of his hand before I saw it. So that right arm looks like it's got a, a lightning bolt in it somewhere. So um, last year, uh, the, the headline, so the headline story of last year was what? It wasn't Matt Rule's incredible charisma. It wasn't Teddy Bridgewater. It wasn't the gut-wrenching pathos of losses in close games. It was simply this. We couldn't get off the field. Could yeah. not get off the field on third down. You let the bat 12 of 14 or whatever that was, if team are 9 of 12 or 6 of 11 on third down, that's death by a thousand little bitty paper cuts, and you just bleed out. You can't get the ball back. It's eviscerating. This year is going to be different. And I can't wait to uh, play a small role in Deck Panther fans to it. What was it like not, not being in the NFL? What was it like calling games at the collegiate level? You, you worked with, with Woody Durham uh, at UNC. How are things how were things differently working with Woody and doing collegiate games as opposed to doing pro games? Not that different. I thought that it would be, Chris, but the players are just more highly compensated versions of their college selves. They still snap each other with rat tails in the locker room. They still have games of bin ball. They still have spirited sessions, uh, games, all kind of stuff on, uh, on team flights. And they, they just, the effervescence with which they go about their work, it reminds you of, of, of a college student. And, but then you hear that they have wives or, children or 401ks or teams and aspirations beyond football. And it reminds you that they are, you know, that in some cases they are in their twenties now and thirties in, in some cases. But um, the other, the last thing I'd say about that is the bigness of NFL games, the bigness of every NFL game is something that I didn't feel in college. Occasionally a college team, you know, if Clemson or UNC or state or wake, rolls out, you know, you roll it out against the Pivnik Tech fighting oysters in an early game, you pretty much know how the outcome's going to be. The NFL is not like that. Every team has half a dozen, 8, 10, 12 guys who would start for that other team. So you just do not know. And the games go by so fast. NFL games are three hours. You get yeah. behind, that clock starts ticking. I mean, just the pressure cooker, the crucible of of, of pressure, expectations, that is the NFL is something that's it's great. It's hard on the players and coaches, but it's great for a broadcast. What is uh, retirement life going to look like for you? I know that, um, you know, you know, like you said, Darren Gant had a great piece and he had a little bit of what you'd probably be doing. Uh, but, you know, what are you expecting out of retirement life? What are some things that you don't get a chance to experience as much now that you want to experience a little bit more uh, in this next phase of life? Oh, I'm married to five feet of hell. She's about the greatest woman ever, and I love her with as much as any man can love his wife. Uh, I've got three grandkids. Uh, Kaysen is two and a half. Xander's about five years old. Landon is 13. So there's vegetation that has to be wreaked havoc on with a, with a brush hog. There's a tractor with a front-end loader on it. There's uh, fertilizer. There's seed. There's a grill that needs chicken breast on it. Somebody needs to flip those around when it's time. So uh, that's going to be me, and uh, come see me, 824 Stony Creek Church Road. <laughs> well, okay, just well, gave just it out right there. The grill, I'm there. <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, you know, a after everything is over, I would love to, you know, come come out and, and experience that life with you. So 
um, and, and see what see what that's like. But you just gave it out there. Do you want us to edit that part out, or do you want to keep that in here? <laughs> oh, sure, whatever you think. Um, may, maybe best. I don't want too many people. Either they would, but coming over to the house uninvited, I probably have to run that by my shorty. <laughs> <laughs> me, me and Dennis will will come by. We'll bring uh, we'll bring some vegan hot dogs or something for for myself and and some uh, IPAs, I guess. <laughs> oh, perfect! That'd be great. I'm I'm fired up about. That. How have you seen real quick? My, my last question for you, Mick, is how have you seen? Have you seen pro football grow here in the state of North Carolina, not just in the Charlotte area, but in the state as a whole, embracing the Panthers with it being such a college dominant state? That's a great question. It's been amazing at this is the place, and I say this, I'm a Panther game. This is the place where it's the one place that I know of Republicans and Democrats get along well. <laughs> that rich and poor, believers and non, uh, old and young, state and wake, UNC and Duke, Clemson and South Carolina, ECU and Virginia Tech. This is the one place that, that I know of where they reliably get along well because everybody's pulling for their NFL team. And I've seen heads of Fortune 500 companies and homeless cats on the street corner hug uh, in anticipation of a Carolina Panther game, hug with the joyous Noel of a, of a Panther victory, a postseason game, the thrill of, of, of extending that dream and trying to go to the Super Bowl. And the sociology of NFL games is something that I don't think gets talked enough about. And in the COVID era, if COVID has taught us one thing, Chris and Lee, I mean, Chris and, and also Dennis, it would be that you want to figure out what something meant to you, take it away for a while. Mm. And to be able to get shoulder to shoulder here with Panther fans on the left, Panther fans on the right, to have a Garth Brooks concert or a tractor pull or the Rolling Stones or whatever at Bank of America Stadium with the, the hot dogs cooking, the beverages flowing. I don't think I had the words to describe what that's going to feel like. Um, my final, final question to you would be, uh, just about the memories. What, you know, I, I know that you've covered some really fun teams. You have, uh, you know, so many great calls that you've been able to be a part of so many great moments in Carolina Panthers history. Is there any one moment, any one year, um, that stands out the most to you that, uh, that you cherish the most that really, uh, showed you why you love, uh, doing what you did, uh, as far as co play calling the plays on radio. No, I don't think so. I mean, you know, the, the 20th special, and that's the psychological heart of a champion, and it's just a shame Carolina couldn't close the deal. But I don't know, guys, it sounds trite, and I won't talk long about it But because you guys are young and strong and you got your whole lives ahead of you. But when you get to your 60s or when you get to whenever you decide to um, to empty out the chair and let somebody else take it, I predict that what you'll say and what you'll miss – isn't isn't the the, the broadcast the, the 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 big moments and the big games and the interviews that you collect and the journalism that you practice that what you'll miss is just hanging out with people that you care about. One mm. of the things I'll miss most is training camp. To be able to put my lunch 
down to check into a dorm room. I mean, what 60-year-old man still gets to check into a college dorm room with a pillow, coffee machine, blanket, and and just go 100% football for a couple of weeks? What Who, who is so lucky that, to put their lunch tray down next to people who don't look like me, who didn't grow up like me, who may have a different skin color than me? A cowboy from Texas, a cornerback from the Northeast, uh, uh, defensive back from down in Florida Panhandle, a Mormon from out in Utah, and ask them questions of life and ask them what makes them mad and what makes them happy and what makes them laugh and what are their dreams. What's that tattoo they got? When do they get it? How'd they propose to their wife? What was it like seeing your first kid born? Uh, to be able to try to learn about these people and then pass that information along on our broadcast. That's what I'll miss most. Life lessons from Mick Mixon. And yeah. it sounds like you have to uh, write a book now. Yes. <laughs> I would love to accept two problems with that. One is so many people would have to die first before I could publish it myself included. And then the other <laughs> thing is that the P books anymore. I read books. They just want the podcast. I, I read books. I got plenty of books behind this computer right here that I read. <laughs> there are books on these shelves. They might be comic books. There are books on these shelves behind me. <laughs> All right. I'm going to write a book. It's going to be called the, the Aspiring Sportscasters Bible, a guide hey. for the aspiring sports broadcast and for those who love them. We need I'm something right. like that. And, yes. and I would be the first one in line to buy it and to get you to sign it. I'd be right behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mick, we, we know you have to go, uh, but I want to thank you kind, so much. Um, show. I appreciate it. Yeah, we wanted to just have you on here and just to be able to kind of celebrate you a little bit. I know that makes you a little bit uncomfortable, but uh, you you helped uh, raise uh, a lot of us, you know, in, in ways. And we you know listened to these games and said, man, we want to do what he does. And so uh, it's, it's really uh, it's really <laughs> important. And I can't wait to uh, be in that press box uh, this this um upcoming season and then give you a handshake and, and just, uh, just get a chance to pick your brain. No, it'll be my, uh, my, and yeah, it's been great being off you guys. And I appreciate you more than, you know, tell my wife to listen to the nice things you said about me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. So I don't know about you, Dennis, but, um, I definitely got to take up McMixon on his offer. I I've got to yes. drop by the house now at some point. Yeah, we do. Maybe, even you know next year at this time you know culture state live um we can bring some mics sit down yeah. with mick and you know outside you know of uh his house with the tractor in the background and talk to him about retirement life and, and all that good stuff chris we're gonna record while sitting on the tractor <laughs> i can i can make that happen we will be on the tractor recording i'm not sure if three people can fit on there but if he does oh, have a tractor happen. where three people can fit on then that'll be fine oh it'll happen don't you worry if we can make it work <laughs> uh but you know it's honestly it's it sounds like he's probably gonna be even busier in his retired life than he is yeah. gonna be uh than he is going to be you know working you know doing this final season now he also did mention chris he said you know you and i could do the job which I'm, I mean, I'm saying I'm listen, culture state calling Carolina Panthers games. Uh, let's go. That will be amazing. I don't see anything wrong with it. I, There'll no. be a lot of hip hop no. references. Yeah, let's do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like Christian McCaffrey juke somebody and I could be like, 
what happened to that boy you know what i'm saying <laughs> i think people would really appreciate that <laughs> just skirp okay um <laughs> and you know chris what Caffrey puts on the brakes skirt skirt and you know what chris i'm gonna make a hip-hop reference after every broadcast and say just chill to the next episode <laughs> <laughs> and then there'll also be some little brother for you as you oh, open this, up the show. It's a beautiful day in North Carolina. I, okay. All right. Speaking of which, I, I actually did play-by-play -play for ECU Women's Across on, for ESPN Plus this past spring. And every time I opened, because it was also on television, is I opened up every broadcast with, it's another beautiful day in North Carolina. So happy y'all here to see it. So I did use a little brother reference every time I did an ECU game this year. And I know you'll do it again because that, that's your signature at this point. It, it has become that. So I have <laughs> nothing but thanks for Fonte, Big Poo, and Ninth Wonder. And every time I do a broadcast, I make a reference to that. So, yes, I try and work that in every time I do play-by-play -play now. And you know what? I mean, shoot, when Culture State Radio gets back on the air, then yeah. that could be a great way to open it up every single time. Absolutely. Yeah. Mick Mixon, he's a legend for sure. And I'm sure that he can uh, send us uh, some feedback, you know, whenever we uh, get on and, you know, do some radio here or there, maybe some culture state lives, whatever ends up being for us. I'm sure he'll be able to help us out uh, when he's not like slinging hay around. Yeah. Oh, and he's not writing his book because we've already coerced him into doing that yes. too. So yes, I mean he's a legend. There's a few, he's there's a few books that have started right here on Culture State. Right. If you think about it. If you think about it. Yeah, you you come up with some good ideas, Chris. I'm just gonna let you know that. I mean, you you toss them out yourself too. I mean, this is I mean, this is a Culture State thing. You know, we That's we fair. give these people some great ideas. That's fair. That's right. We do that. <laughs> we do that. <laughs> also, before we close this out. I want to just point something out to you, okay? Because okay. I just want to say your beard is looking amazing right now. Thank you. I just trimmed it. It looks amazing. I don't know if you can see this, but, you know, this is um, a good four days of work right here. Wow. You know what I'm saying? For those who can't see, uh, Chris Lee has a, a stubble. Yes, on his face, <laughs> a very, very little stubble like goatee. Me, I have a full beard. Chris has uh, something that would show up on my face if I were to shave fully before I even rinse my face. I, I was going to say I have pretty much a five o'clock shadow four days later. Um, maybe <laughs> not even a five o'clock shadow. No, not even close. Yeah. So this is um, this is big for me, though, because I, I think I'm going to try to go for the goatee look. Now, once I can grow the hair, it just takes a while. And so, you know, I trimmed it up a little bit, you know, so it wouldn't be kind of crazy. And we'll see this. If WRL lets me keep it, you'll see Chris Lee with a nice little goatee. And we're going right. to chronicle how long this thing is going to take. All right. All right. Now, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll recommend some beard oil for you. That'll help grow that stuff out and make it look nice and full, you know, okay. in six months when it finally does show up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving myself uh, like two and a half weeks for it to look respectable. I think in two and a half weeks, it'll look like it'll look respectable. Okay. Trust me on this. Trust me on this. It'll look respectable in two and a half weeks. <laughs> sure it will. Sure it will. You're supposed to believe in me, Dennis. Hey, I have all the faith in you, sir. All the faith in you. You can do it, Chris. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening to the Culture State Podcast. We would appreciate five stars on the review. If you're listening on Apple, if you're listening somewhere else that they have some type of ranking system, 
hey, whatever that ranking system is, can you give us the highest one, pretty please? Because we tr we're trying to get out the stories of these people from North Carolina who have something to do with North Carolina. We want to instill some pride into this state. So thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll see you again next week. We out. Peace. The Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan app.